Welcome back from the coffee break. Uh, me and Jeremy are here with uh, Stephen Haas from Opulo.io, still continuing to talk about uh, open hardware and pick and place machines and podcasts and things. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. What what have you done recently to to make your machine better? Perhaps 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 speed it up. Not that I have any. You're doing a terrible <laughs> job at this question. <laughs> I, I get the gist. It is uh, it is a lot faster now, uh, and that comes mainly from the fact that we ditched a V-slot rollers for our linear motion across the whole machine, and now it's all linear rails. And this actually came from a community mod, uh, Stargirl, or Thea Flowers. Uh, she is a, a, one of our open source devs. She's a member of the community. Uh, she also makes beautiful synthesizer modules. She's on the Open Source Hardware Association board. She's awesome. She's giving a talk at Supercon in a couple weeks. She rocks, uh, but she made a mod to the machine that nixes all of the rollers and puts linear rails on it. And we saw all these people doing the mod and we're like, okay, this is such an obvious signal that this is important to people. So we implemented the mod. We made a couple little changes to it. We worked with Thea and now that's what we ship with linear rails. And we But that's have, all I, I can buy. I can't buy the V wheels anymore. I can't, can't buy, buy a V-wheel machine. Yep. It, because awesome. the linear, linear rails have the linear bearings that basically go around the, the rods, correct? Is that, is that what we're talking about? No. No. no? Those are... Uh, what's even the phrase for those? Like I always call them linear, linear rods, oh, but I don't know that rods. that's the technical term. That's like the Prusa uh, okay. like, mini-bed movement. I, I know what you mean. So like uh, I think THK is a manufacturer of those that probably yes. is more expensive than what, what we would... <laughs> Yeah, THK is is the the you know Rolls Royce of linear rails, um, uh, as far as I'm aware. Lucian has more nuanced understanding of companies that make linear rails. <laughs> but, These yeah, are the right. rails on the new Bamboo Mini printer. The ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have use. linear rails on that too. Yep. Okay. And what's nice about them with with the the rods, you get one axis constraint, which is just a translation. But you don't get. You still can rotate about that axis that you have translation in. Uh, linear rails also you get uh, the rotation is constrained so you just have motion in that one axis which right. is nice if you get preload on it and you know you do it correctly it, it gives you kind of an extra bit of constraint uh, and they move so fast so we we actually just swapped out the linear rail or swapped out the rollers for linear rails uh, and we also started adding the feeders that that go onto the machine we would sell an, a separate kit of the slots, which are these little things that bolt onto the front and back rail of the machine that let the feeders talk back to the machine, get power, communication, all that stuff. And you had to buy that separately before. Now we just pre-install them. They come included. So we upgraded to linear rails. We added the slots default, and it's still the same price. Um, okay. So we made big changes to that. It's like twice as fast now. It's there. Oh, that's awesome. It's such a good machine. Twice we pretty much fast. wiped out all... Yeah. Is it twice as fast as what you told us earlier, or is it actually faster than what you would? It's we used to be at like five max five or five hundred CPH, maybe four fifty or something like five okay. five hundred best case. Uh, and now, like I just ran the test, what I was telling you guys a little earlier of like nice. twelve ninety is and I almost think we could triple, even, almost. I think we could yeah. eke a little more out of it, uh, but yeah, it's. It's way faster. It's so good. I, okay. I have to tell you, Stephen, if, if 1390 wasn't fast enough for me, I wouldn't try to make it faster. I would buy a second pick and place. Well, and honestly, that's kind of the, the point that we're hitting where we're already like the machine is really good and really fast. And if you need more throughput, 
you kind of just get another machine. Like it's it's gonna be better to just do that. If if you're working on your desktop anyway, you you have a machine this size and you're you're in the scale of you know 500 to. We actually have a customer who does 50,000 units a year on his Lumen, which is a lot. <laughs> but nice. you know, if you're doing even you know somewhere in that scale, a, a few CPH isn't moving the needle. If you're making iPhones. Yeah, you're trying to squeak every little bit of optimization out of that machine. But for this thing, when it costs two grand, you know, for a business that's making money using this thing, you know, it's a couple CPH is like, you just get another one, you know? Oh, yeah. So is, yeah. is there a way to, um, say, configure this new uh, new functionality by any chance? What do you mean? Like, like, uh, like, like an app? Like, like a, a is there a configurator? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was, we were playing catch, and I was looking at the birds, and the ball hit me in the side of the head. I was not even woof on, on Steven's part. Wow, was that? Yeah, so, actually, it's funny that you say the word config, Jeremy. It reminds me of this thing we've been working on recently. Uh, one of the biggest questions that we get on our uh, customer support line is, can the Lumen build my board? Is it capable of doing it? And it's kind of a hard question to answer because it depends on how many parts do you have, what size tape are they in. It's kind of a tricky thing to come to a conclusion on. So I made a tool that answers this automatically for you. So if you go to config.opula.io, there is a 3D render of the Lumen PNP in your browser. You can put in how many feeders, how many unique uh, component types you have of each component. And then you can even They just show some- up. Yeah, and then you hit uh, calculate. You can even prioritize some if you're like, hey, I have like 20 eight millimeter tapes, but eight of them have a lot of parts. I want eight to like guaranteed be in feeders. You can slide the slider to eight, hit calculate, and then it will show you a 3D render of all of the strip feeders and powered feeders that are required for your job. If it can't do all of it, it lets you know. And there's a button at the bottom to just add all that stuff to your cart. So if you can just calculate exactly what you need for your job, It'll show you a 3D render of how to set it up and you hit add to cart and you get to a cart page with all that stuff automatically added to it. It does. Uh, And it works because since you've been saying this, I already, while you were talking, I found it and I configured a machine. (laughs) I could see the picture here. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. It was a very fun project and it it, it solves a lot of uh, questions for people. Like so much of what we need to answer is like people have an application, they have a board they want to make and they're like, is this going to work for me? And we can answer them bespoke, but it takes time. And like, what if they have a lot of different questions about optimizing it? Here's a tool. Use this, see a beautiful render of it. When you're happy with your configuration and you understand what it's going to look like, ship it. And you can just off you go. You can you can get it from there. So we've I, I think we put this up on the website. It's been I've been like in dev and putting talking about it in our Discord server a little bit. But I just put it up on our website uh, like two days ago or something, and it's getting so many clicks. Like a lot of people are using it. Um, it's really good to see that it's like actually helping people figure out if it makes sense for them. So yeah, so that's been a really fun little challenge is figuring out how to how do you render a configurable tool in 3D in the browser. I had a lot of Chrome tabs open. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out how to make that work, but I'm really happy with how it came out. It's yeah, fantastic. That's, that's awesome. That's, yeah, yeah. That's very. That, that's. Very I have a. D- kind of... I have a dumb question that I'm a half a topic too late to ask. Okay. The 1390 <laughs> components per hour. It's 12. That's with or without vision. Oh, that that's without vision. That's, that's a best. That's case without scenario. vision. With, with yep. vision. Um, and this is this vision could be sped up a little bit, but I think it's like 
845. I just ran the, t- I did the math like last night and I'm updating. We also are making like a brochure and stuff for the three one. Cause a lot of people want that. Um, so that's like eight something. It depends so much on the variables. Like this is why it's such a, that's why a standard exists for calculating this. It depends on where are your feeders? What feeders are you using? How many pips per part in that tape? How long does it take to feed? Are you using a strip? Where are things located on the machine? What's your pick delay time? Excuse me, or place delay time? Like there's so many variables to tweak. So it's always going to be, it depends. But I have watched with my eyes a 1290 CPH out of the machine as of like yesterday. So I know that's what I am confident saying, yes. Not 1300, because I haven't seen that yet, but I calculated a 1290 yesterday. So that's why I, I never, I, I always want to only say what I'm guaranteeing, you know? Yeah. Well, good. just to put this in some kind of perspective, for our parts, if I were doing a good job in making these, that I'm not doing a good job. But if I were doing a good job and we had these for sale, you'd be, your machine would be earning me $200, a little over $200 an hour, I probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it pays for itself pretty quick. If you have an engine of like, I need to make a lot of boards and what's the cost to get them assembled out of house? And can I just like pop them in there and run it? I, this is actually another tool I wanted to, I was just talking about this in discord this morning with some people in the community. Like there should be a calculator of here's how much I value my time per dollar. Here's how much it costs to get it outsourced. Here's how much the lumen is and the required feeders. Here's how much I make on a board. How many boards do I need to make on a lumen before it pays for itself? and a calculator for that so people can be like oh i make this amount in a month easy i'm gonna buy a lumen it pays for itself in a month and then i'm just saving you know a couple hundred bucks a month like that's or maybe two thousand i guess but yeah so we're looking at so much of what we're doing now is we have a good product out that is stable and works well we use it on the line all of our uh, our smt line we switch it all over to the three one linear rail machines with brand spank and new feeders it is such a dream we can make like 5x what we used to be able to make in that room now you just set it go do something else come back take it off put it in the reflow it's so good but now we're kind of at this point of how do we get our communication better how do we tell more people about it how do we make these kinds of tools to help people understand that it's useful for them there's so much low-hanging fruit in like the marketing and sales department that we've just been focusing on engineering for the past couple years so a lot of my role lately has been figuring that kind of stuff out um and how how do we tell people about it and let them know that it could actually be useful for them and really solve a problem nice well you know i feel i feel like this you know maybe somewhat leads into my uh my, my next question something i wanted to ask um you know, you've come up with a great product, obviously, and it's something that you have a lot of, you know, intellectual property, I guess, and if you could even call it that, but, you know, you're all about open source. So, you know, I think like myself, you know, I make, make stuff, a lot of it I put out there for open source, some of it I don't. So I guess just as somebody who's maybe, maybe on the fence sometimes, what would you say, how would you, how do you sell somebody if that's it's kind of a, seems like an ironic thing to say, but how would you sell somebody on open source? Uh, there's there's a, so many benefits to doing it. I mean, so first, there's nothing wrong with keeping your source closed. Like, there's nothing wrong with doing that. If that's your choice and that's what you want to do, heck yeah, do that. That's fantastic. Uh, the There are so many benefits to doing it, though, that, like, that I do think it makes more sense to do it in many instances. So, so much of what we get from being open is we have so many intelligent people that are looking at what mostly me and Lucian are developing and community members that are building, you know, making mods and making changes to the design. 
And all of these people who are objectively smarter than I am looking at the stuff and saying, hey, you did this wrong. You should reconsider. And getting that constant feedback from people who want it to be better. They're on your team. They have a vested interest in making it better. Telling you what to improve, it's free advice. I mean, like, it, it's the most valuable possible thing. Before we shipped a single thing, we had, so, we had hundreds of builders of the Lumen PMP that told us how to fix all these bugs before we sold a single thing. And we caught so many of those things from going out because people told us, hey, you should do this differently. So I think a lot of the benefit of open source comes from having a community around it. Like YouTube created the community of it being open and those people being in there. Like if you just put it up on GitHub and no one ever like looks at it, if there isn't a community around it, it kind of doesn't matter here or there. But if you have people that are involved and interested in the design and are kind of connected to it, there's such overwhelming benefit to it. Um, mm -hmm. There's also like, there's, there's the, the main concern I hear about going open is cloning and like someone's going to clone it. it uh, unless you're making a, a new, you know, silicon dye, you know, uh, sputtering machine that's like has this crazy complicated IP and it's like a neck and neck race with some other there's not very much that we can make that isn't just clonable. Like you can buy one, take it apart, see how it works, copy the design. Even if you close source it, like there's very little that you can really truly keep from being. Yeah. Cloned. I mean, I think I would agree with that. Yeah. So it, the, yeah, the, I, the benefits so outweigh the downside. Steven, Steven's not moving again for me. Oh no. You okay, Steven? Yeah, I'm here. I see you guys loud and clear. Oh, okay. good. I can, I was going to, I was going to imagine what he said. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> one of the you know jeremy like the stuff that you make the value isn't in the final like the final thing isn't where you've put your value in you put a lot of value into the 18 iterations that didn't work that's true and you didn't even publish those and all i need is a caliper and a multimeter to make a copy of i don't need your source code to copy right, and, and you're holding up the JC macro too, which which I'm yeah yeah you know I put a lot of work into that and I you know I made some money out of it I I have a <laughs> have a really cool tool for myself which is kind of it's interesting you know you build something for yourself and then say oh maybe other people would want it but um yeah no I I, I see I see what you're saying I mean I think um you know one thing I think about this you know cloning stuff is I I think you know I'm working on something else and I'm thinking like well, you know, this would be very easy to copy, but it's kind of a unique idea for myself. You know, I don't necessarily want to put it out there open source, but but it would be easy to copy. On the other hand, if I think maybe maybe the way you protect yourself, you know, ha with your with your company, maybe is in other companies, you say, well, I have not so much a IP, I have a, a brand name. I have a brand that I have. I have a website. I have this. It feels to me like that's almost what protects you from somebody just saying, okay, I'm just going to rip this off. And cause they're not, they're not you. And I guess that means the disadvantage is that your company is dependent on you to some extent, but, but maybe not. I yeah, don't know. I mean, well, the, and Jeremy, the, the Ardu, like the, to use the Arduino as an example, mm -hmm. the Arduino is super popular. You can, they sell, people probably sell 10, 20, 30 times more clones than Arduino sells official boards. Sure. But every one of those clone boards is is driving interest in the Arduino IDE and the real, yeah. 
you know, the actual Arduino company becomes sure. more valuable. Exactly. Because like, of the clones. But that doesn't it, work for everyone. That's like, not guaranteed what... to be how it plays that's, out. Like, that's true. I mean, because they okay. make it, it works like an Arduino. But they call it an Arduino. At the end of the day, you say, oh, where do I find an Arduino? Well, it's, you know, you're going back to the source eventually. So. Right. Yeah. I, th there's, there's a lot of value in the the quality of the thing like you can buy <laughs> lucian and i found someone was selling like not even the v2 but like v1 the very first open source thing i released like in 2020 on alibaba you can buy like this kind of half put together kit version of the thing and yeah it costs a lot less than what we were selling that kit for it's like 400 dollars or something but it's not can can you give uh give you, listeners a website that they can go to to buy this <laughs> Happily. I mean, like, so, so <laughs> okay. it, it, it also depends on, it, there, there's a lot of things here because you can, most people don't want to pick and place, want a tool, not a project. And they don't want to buy a random jumble of parts. They want something that has been quality checked, that has a customer support line they can call, that's just ready to rock out of the gate, that someone's going to help them get set up and they have proof that it works well for their application. And that's what we provide. And if someone else does the cloning, and they sell this other thing at a price cheaper than we can. Well, they don't. The reason it's the price that it is is because we include the customer support, we include the testing, we include all the quality control stuff, and that's why that that's which, the value you're getting. Which which that value has been created by it being open source in some in some manner. So sure. that's interesting that it's it almost comes full circle. Because I mean, you're right. I I wouldn't. You know, I'm I'm joking. I wouldn't really even consider buying that other machine. I would, but I would if I needed something like your machine, I would consider just buying your machine. So yeah, but also if there's someone that would that doesn't have like we we sold the kit for just under a thousand for early birds. If if there was someone that didn't have a thousand dollars to buy our kit, but they had three hundred dollars to buy this kind of box of old parts that kind of got them going, heck yeah. Our goal, again, the annoying thing I keep going back to, our mission is to help people manufacture their products. If that means the source we make, someone else makes a clone and it gets sold, that's still accomplishing the goal. Those people who can't afford the $2,000 unit that can afford the cheaper clone still get benefit out of our design. That's accomplishing the goal. That's why we're doing this. That's an objectively good thing. Yeah, we don't make money on it, but as long as we can make enough to perpetuate the project and keep it moving along, that's fine. I want, I want people to have this problem solved. That is what I care about. Yes, we have to make money because we live in the society that we do in order to keep it going. But as long as we can check that box, which we no problem can, Heck yeah, like go for it, run with it. So it, it's also objectively good, but it depends on what your point is. If you're just selling it so that you don't have to work, you know, your day job and you can use, make this be your thing, there's also benefit to that. That's also totally valid. It just, it depends on what you are trying to get out of the project, you know? It, it's funny, I, I think about that. I'm like, well, I couldn't afford the $300 one because I don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of time to, to mess with it. <laughs> right, it's a different kind of cost. Different people value their time and their money differently. Like. Yeah. You've, you, everything you're saying, Steven, is making me think of 3D printers because I'm thinking of those $120 Ender 3s that people struggle with and get bad prints and have to tune. And they put time in and then they get good prints and it's fine. Yeah. But then you see the people in the Prusa and the Bamboo subreddits saying, I used to have an Ender 3 and it was so much work and now I bought this and everything just works. 
Yep. And you just spend money instead of time, and it's fantastic that both are options. Exactly. And in the 3D printing market, there's a lot of hobbyists who don't mind dropping 180 bucks on a project, and they play around with it for a few months. But in the pick-and-place market, everyone wants something to assemble boards. It's not like a thing to play around with. It's for work. So like that makes that lower-end market much less applicable like it's still important to make it accessible for the people like i always think back to like when i did my kickstarter in 2019 i was just you know a broke kid in an apartment i always want to make sure that like 2019 era steven that didn't have a lot of money that was trying to build a lot of glow ties can still use a lumen and if that kid can't afford to do it i'm doing something wrong and i have to make sure that we're still supporting those people while also making it a really good decision for a plug and play thing for a business like balancing those two things and you can always make a separate product if it's like you know if it's hard to thread that needle but i i always want to be able to support both of those groups in what we do because um, that's why we did it that's why this whole thing exists to start with i was wondering how plug and play is the lumen the current version of the lumen compared so, like how 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 hard is it for somebody to get going it it is not nearly what it was in V2. It takes, like, I'd say, it depends on how used you are to OpenPMP, because so much of what learning how to use the Lumen is, is learning the software. Um, the, the build, you know, I can put a Lumen together in 45 minutes for someone first time. You probably squeak in under an hour. So it's not bad putting, it's like a, you get a Prusa Mini and you, you bolt it together. But the software, Cal, yeah. if you follow our docs, and we have extensive documentation about First-time calibration, job setup. We include a little test board in your every single lumen, so you have this little board that you can like populate to test. Not use your own components. We give you a little thing that's specifically for calibration. I'd say you know you could burn if you spend a, a Saturday on it, you're done. Um, nice. You know one one full day nice. calibrated, ready to rock, and you're spending the time on it. I think that's that's probably pretty fair to say. And then you set up your job. I can set up a job in. I don't know, a little over an hour. I just did it a couple of days ago. Um, and most of it's just feeder, like loading feeders. And that doesn't, that you do that once <laughs> until the spool runs out thousands of components later. So it's gotten a lot faster, but we still want to make it easier. We want to make that process faster to like, it automatically does this calibration. You don't even have to think about this whole setting because we just take care of it automatically for you. So we're, we're trying to explore what that looks like now, but it's probably an order of magnitude faster to get going. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, now one thing I um, listening to, I guess one of the podcasts you did, you were talking about how, you know, when you first did this, you were envisioning people like, you know, like me and Pat, people that want to just make stuff as a hobby sort of. But you were saying that some of your customers are actually they are prototyping. But it's not like me or Pat would prototype. It's like, you know, somebody like Boeing or, you know, they're making, say, 500 boards as a prototype or something. Is that is that is that right? That's like a whole new yeah. market for you, right? Totally. When we uh, we were invited to attend Electronica in Munich, Germany, about a year ago, last November, uh, Elector uh, invited us out to be part of their booth. So we went out to that and were part of the startup competition. It was a total blast. And while we were there, we talked with a bunch of people who were in it for the business side of electronics. Not necessarily, I make a cool thing and sell it on Tindy, but I work at this large company. I'm doing something related to this. They paid to have me go to this big, expensive convention. And everyone was like, this would be great for prototyping. And I was like, nah, not really. If you're making five, probably easier to just make them by hand instead of setting up the feeders and running the job and all that stuff. Just do it by hand. And they're like, oh, my run of prototypes is not five. It's like 200, 300 boards because they need to make them all to all the different departments that need to use it for validation and stuff. 
And we were kind of like, oh my gosh, there's this whole other group of people that could use this. So and we started marketing towards those people and saying, hey, do you need to make a run of prototypes? Because I, 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 thought, I thought it was misleading to recommend it as a prototyping tool because it's not worth it for five boards. Prototype does not mean five to most people in industry. <laughs> and that was the big thing we learned. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, most of our sales now go to large companies using it for this or hardware companies like us to make their product. Yeah. So that was like a whole other market that we found. Um, and we still sell a good amount to... People like Glowtire, Steven, or, you know, Jeremy, you making your stuff in Pat. Like, you guys building yeah. your hardware. Uh, but there's also, it, it's weird. It, it's weird to find what people go into and use it for, you know? Well, I think that's such a, you know, I, th I think that's such a general, generally interesting thing. Because, you know, obviously, it's, it's you found a new market, but, you know, there could be, you know, so many things that just say, okay, I'm, I'm selling this. You, you come out with an idea, you say, I'm going to sell this to person X, but really, yes, person X wants it. But then, you know, all these other persons, Y and Z say, I'd love this for something else. And it's, I guess it's just interesting to think about, you know, maybe just generally, if you're in business, maybe you just need to like, oh, think outside the box sometimes, I guess. And just, well, yeah. Steven started selling to himself <laughs> and he didn't yeah. even know there were people that did things bigger than he did. Like we were talking about, you know, I made this um, JC Pro macro controller for myself, but maybe I needed to take that advice to, to hand and say, well, well, maybe there's a, this other customer somewhere. Yeah, and St Steven, your $2,000 pick and place machine, that would be something 20 years ago, I would have just put on my company credit card and nobody would have <laughs> asked me what it was for. Right. You, you know, the, these big companies doing 500 prototypes, they'll pay. Yeah, yeah. Like when when we first started out, we had like three target markets in mind, and now I think we have seven. Like we we've learned, and so much of this nice. just comes from doing customer interviews, open or not, talking to your customers and seeing. Because some people will come across and be like, "Oh, I could use this for this weird thing I'm doing," and then we talk to them and like, "Are you really using it for this?" They're like, "Yeah, I'm using it for this super weird thing." Like some people use it to plant seeds automatically, or they use it for like farming stuff like or, or like oh. keeping track of like wildlife like in tanks and like weird stuff that we ask them like what are you like using your, this for? your hardware oh yeah they take it and well That's so this amazing. is a benefit of of being open is the api of controlling the lumen is two uvc webcam feeds and a g-code uh, repl serial interface and you can control the entire machine like it's not closed off if you want to write your own little python program to puppeteer the machine to do your own weird thing, it is perfect for that. So we get so many people to buy, a lot of universities that'll buy it for like, I'm doing this weird research project and I need a platform to move these little things around for whatever reason, I mean, who knows what it is. Um, and so that is like, okay, research. People want this for a platform to modify it to do something else. How do we market to those people? How do we help support those people in pursuing this thing? So we've learned by talking to customers, oh, you're a whole other vertical that we didn't even know about. Are there more of you? Inevitably, there are. And then we go and pursue those people as well. So that's mostly about talking to customers is learning about those things. But being open opens up a couple more of those verticals, too. That's awesome. That's like, yeah. oh, you like our products. Are there more of you around somewhere? Yep. Can, <laughs> yeah. Do? <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have friends? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have a buddy that's thinking about this, too? Give me his number. I'll, I'll give him a call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much <laughs> well um 
man, I think that's probably a pretty good place to think about uh, wrapping it up. We want to talk about, is there anything, anything you're working on, anything on the uh, horizon for you, Stephen, that we could, that we could know about? Well, I, I have a question, but I don't want to make it too long of an answer. I just, I'm curious because I think it's neat. I was excited okay. about your, your no mod, almost zero modification toaster oven reflow oven yep. idea. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I'm curious how the, I mean, I know you blew up some parts at the end of the last video, but I'm curious if that's, uh, if that's, if you still think that's going to be working out, if it's a good idea. Yes, I do. So, so that's that's one of the bigger R and D things we're working on now. Um, there's some other stuff that we're in the middle of too that will be coming out soon. But the reflow oven approach is like we're looking at who the customers are that we have. What's another problem that needs to be solved in reflow? Sion, the unexpected maker, makes the Reflow Master Pro. It's an awesome product. It just takes time to mod it. Uh, I love this thing. We've reflowed everything we've ever made in this thing, but it's not plug and play. And a lot of our customers want something you just plug in and it's done so i've been looking at this approach of a uh, it's a, bo a magic box you plug a reflow oven into or a toaster oven and it becomes a reflow oven so that's a lot of what we're looking at now because a lot of people want a solution that is in in line with that and it's going to be literally plug and play you plug it in plug it in right is that the that the plan exactly yeah all you'll plug have to in. do in in this scenario is you plug in your toaster oven into this box you take the thermocouple that's attached to this box, you put it inside the toaster oven, it's just in the door even, it'll probably come with a little clip that just clips it into the door of the toaster oven. You hit profile and it will test the reflow oven, learn about the, it'll auto-tune a PID loop for it. And then you tell it what paste profile, what paste you have, and then it'll just reflow that stuff automatically. You don't have to modify anything. You don't have to add any, you know, f fireproof batting and RTV silicone around all the openings and all that stuff. It just works. Um, we're still in like early R and D phase of it. So, you know, it, we'll see ultimately how it becomes implemented, but there's definitely a need for something that's off the shelf plug and play. Um, but in the meantime, the reflow and the reflow master is fantastic. Like I love that thing, but people want something a little more plug and play than that. I'm excited about this idea, not because I'm afraid to modify a toaster oven, but because if something goes wrong with the toaster oven, toaster ovens are 50, 150 bucks. I could just put a new one in if exactly. it goes bad that's a i mean as a business that's a fantastic that's cheap that's labor's expensive exactly toaster yeah. ovens are cheap toaster ovens are cheap if you can just buy a couple of these boxes get some black and decker toaster ovens off amazon or drive to target and pick them up you're done you're, you're ready to rock yep. you're reflowing stuff no problem and you don't have to spend a lot of time setting it up so much of what our customers care about is setup you know like what does the setup look like if we can minimize that so much better <laughs> oh pat is there anything uh anything you're working on these days i just me no that. i'm not working no. okay well, is that fine. terrible jeremy i'm not working on anything i'm uh i've rearranged my office and this is taking up so much of my time it's ridiculous the uh and i moved everything around and then it got loud for this microphone i had to put new fans in my computer to quiet it down it's been a it's been a week and a half it feels like jeremy <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. How, yeah. <laughs> how about you, Jeremy? What what are you working on? So yeah, I've been I've been working on uh, ruining some uh, circuit boards because I, I've I've been trying to I've been trying to get used to using uh, using hot plates for this. And uh, I had on my notes that says JC, why you hate hot plates? 
And uh, that was for you, I guess, Stephen. <laughs> but it was more of a joke than anything. <laughs> yeah, I saw your tweet and, uh, maybe about I see the, why the you, paste. Maybe it's, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, lots of people saw that. I got lots of, uh, lots of grief for it because it was – my soldering technique isn't great. All that being said, I'd, I'd be – I would love to have a toaster oven that I could just plug in like that, but I've been, I've been too cheap to buy a true refill oven. I hear bad things about some of them anyway. Maybe, yeah. maybe from you, Stephen. I don't remember. <laughs> maybe T nine sixty two A. I don't feel like I'm to the point where I need a pick and place machine, although I could probably use one. How do I, we get you there? Is what I want to know. <laughs> How do we get you to where you need a pick and place machine? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, are you using a stencil, Jeremy, for your paste application? Are you have a or do you have like a laser cut stencil you're squeegeeing across, or are you just squirting it out of a little syringe? Yes, I'm. I, yes, I'm using. I'm using a stencil, and people act like I'm, act like I'm a terrible stencil. I've I've gotten so many comments about how terrible my stencil use is. Oh no! And they're probably right. <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't know. It's also paste. Like what paste choice you have is a big, uh, like decider here too. Like if your paste is old, or I'm, sh I, I know I saw these comments on the tweet as well. Like if your paste is old, or you know it's been, you know, sitting out, like a lot of air exposure, or it's not a good kind of paste, it cannot help too. But like the, yeah. we switched to a new kind recently that is like, it just makes a world of difference. What's so? What's what's your uh, what's your preferred paste? We use a Loctite GC10. And Loctite GC10 is uh, a normal high temp, like uh, 250 C is what you have to hit. It's not like one of the nice low temp ones you can get from like Chip Quick or something. Um, but right. it's so good. If you can get it up to that temp, and if you're using a hot plate, you should be able to. Loctite GC10 is, it pastes beautifully. It doesn't like to bridge. It's just, it's awesome, awesome, awesome paste. So highly recommend that stuff. It's super good. I will say, as far as my projects goes, you know, if you, if you post uh, shameful pictures on Twitter, it tends to get lots of engagement, so I guess that's uh, I guess that's good if you can if you can uh, withstand the uh, the uh, comments. The barrage, <laughs> <Sometimes> yeah. <come. laughs> we've we've done a bad job of two things today, Jeremy. Is what I'm realizing from what you're. Oh, just two. Then I'd say here. we've been successful. Just two. Yeah, it's not too bad. We should start doing this towards the front of the podcast instead of the end. Yeah. But we're supposed to tell people that they can call into that speak pipe thing. Oh, to ask yeah. our guests questions. I mean, it's too late now, Stephen. They've, too late. they've not too called late. in. But we've got to, we set up the speak pipe. I'll, I'll give you the URL so everybody listening can get it. It's okay. speakpipe.com slash create invent. And yeah. you can call in and leave us a voicemail that we can play. Really? Right here. Nobody's you done know, it yet. You know what yeah, would be funny? Yeah, it seems like it's a neat idea, isn't it? Oh, wow. Oh, it's you like a little website if, voicemail. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we should have gotten Stephen to call in for his own podcast. <laughs> well, if we were smart, we'd have been tweeting and Facebooking and everything about <laughs> Stephen's going to be on, call in and ask him a question. I should have stopped at Stephen's Discord and pasted it, and Stephen's going to be on, come with oh, no. a question. But cool. I didn't yeah. think of it. it <laughs> Stephen, oh, we have a we have a caller. It's Stephen, Stephen Hawes, and he says... Uh, why, why do why do they make such an awesome PNP machine? <laughs> Hi, God. my name is Bill. Um, I call in and <laughs> horribly mask my voice. <laughs> you know what's fantastic about that is the only call we've had is Jeremy leaving a fake a fake New York really? accent call on our. Actually, well, that's not that's actually not true. We did have another. That's caller, not true. I thought that was you. No, that wasn't. I mean, that was yes. The one of them was. But we had oh. another caller. That... <laughs> oh, that's true. We did get a call from someone else from yeah. 
We did. Is, but it wasn't but, relevant to the podcast. I, yeah. I like this idea. But anyway, idea. It's, a, it's a cool little service, though. Yeah, like, yeah. especially for a podcast. Like, if you have a question from people, like, have, have y'all ever listened to um, the Seth Godin uh, Akimbo is the name of his podcast. Have you ever listened to Seth Godin on Akimbo? You you would think that being a co-host of a podcast, I would listen to a lot of podcasts. podcasts yeah. But I don't do a good job of listening to anything, so I'm I'm horrible at this. <laughs> it's Isn't it's that a terrible? good podcast. Seth Godin is is a fascinating person, uh, but he he will have people submit an audio question, and at the beginning, it's like, yeah. "Hey Seth, here's my question." Blah 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 blah, and you hear them speak, and he goes, "That's a great question," and then he responds, yeah. and it's kind of a cool, engaging. You hear someone else's voice every episode, yeah. and it's surprising how much that really affects the the experience of listening to it. So I wonder if he uses some service like this. It's a it's a cool way to do it. Yeah, it was just the first one I found. We don't know if it's any good, but they had a free plan, which seemed good for somebody who didn't know if it was going to work. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. But <laughs> Stephen, you should sign up for your I, podcast, and we yeah. should start mentioning it in the first five minutes instead of the last five minutes. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. That would be cool. Um, that would be good. And what, okay, what is the second thing we've done poorly today, Tad, according to you? Oh, there were two. Oh, yeah, oh. we should be pimping out the Discord server at the front instead of the back also. And we can pimp out Steven's Discord in the front instead of the back is what we should be doing. Well, we are where we are. So, Steven, <laughs> we're... we're ship has sailed. We... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where can we find you, your Discord? Where, where do people, how do we interact with you and or find your podcast? Or you, can, you, you plug whatever you want. Sure. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have to be what Jeremy's asking for. <laughs> Here's a funny video that made me laugh yesterday. Go check that out. That's pretty good. Um, you can find uh, uh, Opulo, the, the company that makes these picking places, um, at opulo.io. You can find me on, I'm kind of on Twitter, still here and there, but not so much. Um, but mainly my YouTube channel is probably the best place to find updates when I have a, a minute to post one. Uh, that's mainly where you can find me. And then Discord, uh, there's a Lumen PMP Discord. What is, what is your YouTube, first of all? Uh, it's just my name, Stephen Hawes. If you search Stephen Hawes, it'll, it'll come Stephen up. Stephen Hawes, okay. Um, and then the podcast is okay. uh, the own podcast. If you search Open Hardware Manufacturing Podcast on, on any platform, it'll, it'll come up. It's got a little Omega symbol with the Open Hardware it logo, black and gold, so you'll find it. If you just search Opulo Podcast or Stephen Hawes Podcast, that's how I found it. Does to that come up too? To okay, that's good. CNC to know. episode. Okay. There, it was right near the top, but well, I just Googled it and then found it. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 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 But yeah, the, the podcast, we put an episode every two two weeks. One's going out tomorrow. Um, it's It's been fun putting it out there. Opulo's uh, websites where all the most of the work I do goes up there in some capacity. Uh, and then my YouTube channel for updates when I have a, a second to breathe and make make a video again. Although my schedule has been so languishing, it breaks my heart. But, you know, it's the balance change. It's it's hard to keep up with. <laughs> it is ten times harder to make a good YouTube video, like a classic YouTube video, than it is to record a 90-minute podcast. It is. But even then, it only takes me a couple days to make a video start to finish. If I have a thing to talk about, I can shoot, edit, record, like, the whole thing and like, two days of work like at the office and be done and thumbnail and all that stuff, maybe a little more, but to take two and a half days out of what I was doing otherwise with people that need me for things is like, it is so difficult to set that time aside. So I'm, I'm, I'm also working on trying to facilitate that better as well. <laughs> well, Pat, where, where can we find you? I think well, I'm, I'm going to tell you the only place that I care for you to find me now. 
to this week. I was talked into signing up, <laughs> since I haven't been using Twitter, I was talked into signing up for Mastodon. Yeah. And I'm on the hacky derm Mastodon. And I oh, don't nice. even know how to tell you how to get to me there. But <laughs> I'm, the, I'm Pat's head. You're probably at Pat's on head, On the right? hacky derm. Yeah, at Pat's, like at hackyderm.io, hack, H-A-C-H-Y, I think it is. I don't know. I don't even know why I'm on this one. Somebody else told me this is the one that makes sense for you, so I said, okay. And you're okay. at Pat's head, probably. And, yep, and I'm at Pat's head, and this sure. is a new, it looks just like Twitter, except I don't follow enough people, so there's never new content for me to look at, and I haven't, but I'm there now, so I okay. guess it's, that's, yeah, yeah, we'll go with that this month. <laughs> that's Well, I, I, I believe I'm on Mastodon as well, and, and I found out recently, I found out several times that Mastodon is spelled with an O on the end. Or Masto, on the end, Mastodono. Mastodon. Mastodon. It's not Mastodon. I always think it's Mastodon, but it's Mastodon, apparently. Yep. Anyway, I'm there somewhere, I think. If you search Jeremy Cook, I should I should come up somewhere. No, I don't yeah. know how to find <laughs> I don't know. It's not working, Jeremy. I can't find you. I don't know how I, to I, find you. I am, I am on Blue Sky, though. I'm at Jeremy Cook. I'm slightly more active there than on Mast- Mastodon. Because um, <laughs> I, I just am. And I'm on Twitter, too. So... So yeah, that was that was the great plug that I made there. You did a good job. Thank you. So we know how to find you're all in the links and stuff. We, everybody knows where to find you. Yeah, and Stephen will be there, and so so will Pat. So just just check that out. Sweet. Yeah. So thanks thanks for coming on, Stephen. Thanks it's, for uh, having me. It was great as, to talk to you guys again. Say, as always. Yeah, this has been fantastic. Yeah, it's been good. <laughs> all right. Am I supposed to hit the button now, Jeremy? <laughs> I think the music's going. So yeah. <laughs> Okay, we got one here. A perfect I got buttons fade out background Jeremy. comment. <laughs> oh no, don't leave. Just stop. I almost left. Extensive documentation. <laughs>